0: Summit Medical Group is the largest physician owned multi specialty medical group in New Jersey. Now helping you live well and stay well with SMG Radio. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. If you suffer from chronic heartburn, you may actually have a more serious condition called gastroesophageal reflux disease or GERD. My guest today is Dr. Raymond Kenny. He's a gastroenterologist and he specializes in diseases of the digestive system at Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kenny. Tell us what is GERD? What happens in that situation?
1: Well, gastroesophageal reflux disease implies that it's uh, an abnormality or disease. Um, By that, I mean we all have reflux. We all have acid, which is produced in our stomach, come back up into our esophagus normally. It's what we call physiologic reflux. 2% of the time in the 24-hour period, we have acid in our esophagus. That is mostly after eating meals. With the stomach full of uh, that digested material, there is some bumping up of the fluid up into the distal esophagus and the, the pH or acidity of the esophagus drops now that's physiologic it doesn't lead to any damage it's normal it's expected it's short lived after each meal and then for the rest of the day particularly at night when you're when you're uh sleeping there isn't any appreciable reflux or acid fluid coming back up into the esophagus from the stomach so that the implication of the the word disease gastroesophageal um, esophageal reflux disease is that there's something abnormal here. That the hallmark symptom for that would be what we commonly experience as heartburn.
0: People get heartburn all the time, Doctor Kenny. Is this a problem if it's left on? If you get chronic heartburn, is there any issue with leaving it untreated?
1: Well, the issues really come around to the fact that what you say is true. There's a Gallup poll that says forty percent of the population has reflux disease, at least on. Generally, say if you're having heartburn two to three times per week, particularly if you're taking an over-the-counter medication, whether that's an antacid such as Tums, or you're taking some short-lived uh, preparation like Pepsid or Zantac, which are available over-the-counter, there may be some other consequences to reflux disease. Uh, reflux disease can cause erosion. change in the lining of the esophagus, uh, which is called Barrett's esophagus, named after Dr. Norman Barrett, who originally described it. And this change in the lining of the esophagus predisposes to the development of esophageal cancer. So we'd like to identify those people who have that condition. Um, So let alone the symptoms that you have, and, and why would someone have persistent heartburn on a daily basis when we have medications that can, can relieve that, there is this concern about an underlying pre-malignant condition.
0: Do you think with colonoscopies now being covered as part of a well visit, a well preventive care, that an endoscopy the same? Do you think people should have a baseline endoscopy and have one every few years to see what's going on?
1: Well, it, it the, the problem with that, uh, it has to do with What the frequency of this premalignant condition is, if that's the the aim of your your, uh, endoscopy, the prevalence in the general population is relatively low. It's only two to four percent. But if you get middle-aged white males who come in with frequent heartburn, thirteen percent of them have this, and those are the people that you focus on. So I think there's an argument can be made that uh, at the time of a screening colonoscopy that you do an upper endoscopy, particularly in a a middle-aged white male with uh, with heartburn two to three times a week.
0: So speak about the treatments, and you mentioned Zantac and Pepsid, and there's antacids that you can get over the counter. Then there's the proton pump inhibitors that people are on, the little purple pill. And then there's so many natural treatments for that. So my first question to you, Dr. Kenny, do we want to reduce the acid in our stomach, or is that something our body needs to digest our food?
1: Well, um, acid is there for a purpose. Um, contrary to what people might think, it's not necessarily a digestive purpose. It's really there to sterilize the GI tract. Um, it will kill bacteria that, that that are ingested, number one. Number two, it's required to absorb absorb certain elements. taking medication long-term for acid suppression is that you wouldn't absorb iron, calcium, and magnesium. And and in the case of calcium, that could lead to osteoporosis, which obviously is a a common problem So that lends the argument to defining for that particular patient, what is the extent of their reflux disease? Is this something that when we look down in the esophagus, we see erosive esophagitis, or we see Barrett's esophagus, in other words, are clear medical consequence to this disease, which merits treatment on a long term, or are they really just taking the medication for symptoms, in which case, as a general principle, we try to use the minimal amount of acid suppression that works. So in that scale, proton pump inhibitor the most potent, an H2 block or less than that, an intermittent
0: Should we be looking at the cause? Is there a way to identify the cause, and what about some of the things like apple cider vinegar that people claim help them with this?
1: I, the, there are you know apple cider vinegar is a common thing that people have aloe is another thing that people have talked about. things are uh, helpful in the situation. I, I think those things are fine. They're certainly not going to uh, affect your iron uh, magnesium and calcium absorption uh the underlying mechanism is it's 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 sort of a an intricate interplay of several things there's some anatomic things uh the the uh the hiatal hernia um uh, and the lower esophageal sphincter uh, both combined to create a barrier for uh, from acid moving back up from the uh stomach into the esophagus
0: so give us in this last three or four minutes here, some of your best advice about dietary things that we can do or prevention, something that we could do. And also, if somebody burps a lot, does that mean that they are suffering from GERD?
1: Um, certainly when they're burping, they're bringing up not, not just air. There is certainly some regurgitation of fluid and acid at that time. Uh, it is. Not an indicator that you're going to find significant reflux disease on that person. That's what we would call, if you monitor the most, most, uh, elegant way to study reflux disease is what we call a pH monitor test, which are now easily done for 48 hours. It continuously monitors acid exposure for 48 hours. And the person that you're talking about there, what we would call an upright reflux or a belcher, is someone who, through the days, belching up a lot of air, and they do have increased acid exposure. But fortunately, that doesn't have the same consequences to what we would call a supine reflux, or someone who lies down at night where there's a continuous flow of acid coming back up. The latter is, is, is associated with the damage, the esophagitis, the Barrett's esophagus, not so much the person who has uh, the belching and is an upright refluxer, and they have symptoms, but it doesn't have the same consequences long-term. Uh, as far as things that we can do to prevent the problem, the most important thing that I could recommend, uh, and it's an epidemic in the United States, is is a, pursue a lean body mass through diet and exercise. I mean, weight has an awful lot to do with increasing abdominal pressure and making reflux disease worse.
0: What about some foods that might aggravate it? Are there any of those, chocolate or or, oh, or minty it. products? Do they help? What about foods?
1: Well, in food there are several things that are recommended uh that that you avoid you know spearmint peppermint c- caffeine uh, i think that those things and then the, the the rationale for that is that it, they, they stimulate acid secretion it is probably less important than the other factors that we talk about your weight and if you have significant reflux disease dietary manipulation in and of itself probably is not likely to give you complete relief um there are some lifestyle changes that you can have that may afford you some relief, particularly for those people who are supine refluxes, elevation of the head of the bed, uh, avoidance of large meals like we talked about. There's just physiologic reflux after each meal. You'll make it worse if you have a big meal. Don't eat within two hours of recumbency. If you're going to go to sleep at night at 10 o'clock, yeah, your, your evening meal should be at 6 so that your stomach's empty, there's not a lot of pressure or reflux when you lie down at them.
0: That's great information and great advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Kenny. You're listening to SMG Radio. And for more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.